I took my lady to a picture show. The place was shaking right to the back road. Cause on the screen they were showing dinosaur movies. These scaling monsters were engaging the fight. And smashing cities just to show off their might. They made it big, super starring dinosaur movies. Well, you can keep your cowboys, your karate chop shows, and your space wars. And give me scenes where the stars are big and green. Those dinosaurs, who could ask for more? Hello, and welcome to Tonight with Donald Gloot. I'm Joe, and this is Bob. Hello. And we're your hosts for this evening. Right, tonight we've got a lot going on. We are starting with... Uh, our Fiverr journey. The Fiverr saga. That's <laughs> what I hope it will be. Yeah. The yarn that keeps going. Yeah. The un- unravelable ball of wool. The gift that keeps giving. <laughs> yeah. So how did, you, how did you first come to a Fiverr? What is Fiverr, Joe? Fiverr, That's the question. Fiverr's the, it's a Fiverr.com, two R's, and it will, you can sell your sort of goods, your services online for five dollars. That's it, Fiverr. So Oh, who's that? <laughs> who's that at the door? Who's Knocking on the door. door. Is it our guest? Yeah, it's not, unfortunately. That would be fantastic. If only we could have uh, afforded to uh, uh, get Donald uh, F. Glute down from California. That would be terrific. Actually, fortunately, we do have him on the line, though. Um, he will be talking to us in the uh, second segment of the show. Uh, before that, uh, we are going to begin with the story. So uh, just, to, just to get a little bit of background about what we're doing. So the whole idea is that uh, we've given uh, some writers on Fiverr who are essentially people who are writing for nothing, for, for $5, right? Or equivalent of yeah, £3. Yeah, that's right. It's like $5. I mean, I started by doing the voiceovers on it and uh, sort of uh, earning $5 a piece per voiceover. You've become a voiceover artist. And that's, that's it. And now I've become a, a sort of, a, a sort of um, don of, of Fiverr myself. Fantastic. Producing Wonderful. works. I'm very proud of you. Well, we all it. are <laughs> but here in the yeah. studio. Uh, but yeah, so in terms of the story itself, we uh, we started reading a newspaper, um, which Joe's girlfriend um, had emblazoned with various uh, sort of beautiful images, and uh, yeah, right. and uh, there was a certain article in it, wasn't there? And it was uh, what was it about? Yeah, that's right. It was about uh, Mark Mark Giddings or something. He's a photojournalist for the Sun or the. Daily Mail or something like that. It was one of those papers, Red Tops. And he was taking pictures of uh, some guys that were (laughs) on sort of day release from prison and they they were having a cider uh, in the park. It's just like, why is a journalist even sort of bothering to waste their time (laughs) with this? But among all the other incredible subjects and uh, topics they could possibly... But anyway, so that was what interested us. And so we used that. As the uh, as sort of the beginning of what we sent to a, a writer who we didn't know. That's right, we didn't know him. We found him on Fiverr, so we found him. He said, you know, that he was a writer and he would do sort of five hundred words for a Fiverr, uh, five dollars. Um, so we we sent him a, like a brief, and we said we want Marco Giddings, <laughs> our protagonist, our hero, uh, to be in a situation with what was it? Was I think it was paranormal. It w- it w- the, the idea was it had to be a teen romance. That's right. I'm not sure where that came from, but also the idea uh, that it had to be paranormal in nature as well. It had to be paranormal. It had to have the fact that he was a, a, a stunning photographer. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So we sent <laughs> yeah. it off, and we and, and the guy got back to us, and we haven't read the story, and we're going <laughs> to read the story. I'm, I'm, I'm really That's fucking it. excited. Um, so this is the first chapter. Um, and uh, Joe's going to read it for us right now. It's actually of our a lot more than I thought. <laughs> I, I, we should have asked for 100 words, because this is... <laughs> this is hefty. More. We're going to see how long this takes uh, Joe to read out. So, uh, yeah. I'm well, going to do it in my, in my best voiceover. Let's go for it, okay. Voiceover. Let's go. Okay, so teen romance slash paranormal dash script <laughs> dash ver one Marco gazed through the lens of his camera. This is good, because we asked for that. <laughs> This was his escape. This was the one place where he felt complete. (laughs) Through the lens of his camera, he had not only captured nature and his many subjects, I'm kind of into this, uh, but he had captured the adoration of friends, his teachers, that's good, and and stranger passerbys online. (laughs) What? I don't know, online. What's that? 
Oh, we did, we didn't ask about going, that. We didn't going, ask about that. Keep going. From time to time, his phone would buzz in his pocket, alerting him that another person had seen his photos on his personal website and left a comment. This is like my... Uh, Can you cut like that out, Sean? Sorry, this is this too much. Like my Instagram. Sorry, the yoga, this is the the yoga going back in the background. Oh, pretty, how beautiful. Keep going and good things will happen to you, was one of the comments. This is like my Instagram. I'm starting to feel pretty weird about this. <laughs> I can't tell what's the story that you're reading me right now, what you're actually saying. Well, what it, what it is, is um, the thing was, Marco was always a bit put off by those comments. You know, He was secretly hoping that someone he knew was going to reach out and ask, ask him to hang out with him. Do you like this? I like this. I don't know. Keep going. That was the real reason that Marco hid behind his camera. He was so shy that having a medium between him and the outside world was comforting. In his mind, his camera was his suit of armor. If his peers saw him working with this camera, immensely focused and consumed with what he was doing, perhaps they would think, wow, that guy is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It's pretty All good. Right, thanks, thanks, this is that? good. His father's girlfriend always reminded him that he was shy and a bit aloof when it came to forming relationships, especially with girls. I don't know about this character. I'm interested. The father's girlfriend. All right. All right. Um, Because his mother had passed away, Shane, uh, when he was so young, she happened to be a therapist, which uh, Marco's father really needed. So So, uh, he figured she knew what she was talking about. In the back of his mind, he couldn't help but think that maybe there was a, a little bit of an agenda in his father's girlfriend's repeating that to him over and over again. This is intense, isn't it? What is this? I don't know. I don't know what this bit is. <laughs> we haven't got to... There's no paranormal. At the very least, it didn't help his shyness. This is long as well. And uh, aloofness. And she kept telling him that he was that way for a reason. The, the father's girlfriend is an absolute... <laughs> I mean, she's a really not a nice character. This is... This is this is weird. This is All right, not I'm going to go through. Just I'm going to skim just through. Just keep plough for it. Plough for it. Don't Marco had go. spent Marco had spent time behind his camera doing. That's it. That that doing so became second nature to him. Second nature behind the camera. Got it. He found that when he was always ready to take a photo, he caught the best moments. Today was no exception. Oh. Suddenly, <laughs> through the trees before him, Marco saw two deer walking in the distance. He zoomed in and opened and closed the aperture so the lens would fill the light and come back down. (laughs) And he he could adjust the colour of their beautiful burgundy coats. (laughs) Oh, my God, I don't know, just his beautiful burgundy coats. I was thinking about their burgundy coats. All right, It, it was a mother and a baby, and Marco was immediately infatuated with them. They moved effortlessly between the trees, and they weren't quite in focus. Marco needed to make a split-second decision. He had just enough time to look down, grab a different lens, and swap the other one out. But when he brought everything back into focus, the little fawn was gone. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Where is it, he thought. Marco began to panic. He panned his camera around, but saw nothing. He imagined the baby deer. Did he imagine the baby deer? Maybe, maybe the mother was alone after all. <laughs> and, he, and he imagined a ghost. He imagined a ghost. You've got to scroll down. Oh, terrific. For a moment, he imagined the fawn coming back into the frame and spending just a little more time with the mother deer. His camera lens allowed him to let his imagination run wild. That was his last true place of refuge from the real world. He had often thought of his girlfriend that way. What? <laughs> Jesus. As a last... No, as a last refuge. I oh, think right, oh, right. Last oh. refuge from the world, yeah. Okay, Come, on. Come on, you're too critical. Let's go. Okay, okay. He had also... Where, where was I? Where was I? No, okay. Right. Something he didn't know... He, he didn't know what she looked like, nor did he have any real plans for her, but he had imagined what it would be like to photograph her. Once he finally had a girlfriend, it was a bit of a taboo thought at first, but for such an avid photographer, it was such an innocent wish. What is even happening? <laughs> oh, I just I don't, don't know, know what's happening in this I story. I don't know what's So happening. basically what's happening is... Has he, t- has he ticked no, the boxes? No, no, no. Here's what happened. One man walked into a forest, took a picture, 
and what we've got is all this weird sort of crazy exposition stuff about there about wasn't enough paranormal is that, is that the end? I think that's the end of it. I can't believe I can't believe if it. There was a Where's the romance? If there was a paranormal bit, we the paranormal bit is the is the fawn deer, which Literally, I think is pretty imaginative, but totally what is not, it, is it, it's not paranormal. A, that, that's that's insane, man. Is the idea that it, but but basically it, it refers to everything that he loves that's not there within the scene. So it's like it's like the, the deer, the ghost. It triggers something else, right? That's the idea. Yeah, it triggers a memory that we then hear through. Yeah, maybe because we said teen romance, I suppose his main... His thing main, was deers. His main... Yeah. <laughs> what does that happen? How does that make any sense? Maybe it's his... Uh, he, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think we know how to spice it up. I, I think we I think we know how to spice it up. I think yeah. either we send it back to him with uh, added sort of... Um, themes that we that we wish to give I to him. Wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to get use this guy again. I, right, exactly. No, I, so I think this someone, guy we'll is not the guy we want. Any, right. Anyone who who is. I so think we want less writing as well. Like As for five hundred, that's not five. Beers. I think that's more. I, think, I feel like he hates humans. He likes deers and he likes cameras. There's n- there's nothing about <laughs> humanity in this. Thing. It's, it's it's not it's not interesting. <laughs> he's highly reviewed. I was hoping. I was. He's <laughs> highly reviewed. I was hoping for literally ghost on ghost action. And what I got was a man taking pictures of deers in a park. So that is not, that's almost that, too realistic. That, is, that reminds him of his girlfriend that he doesn't yet know. <laughs> what the, well, honestly, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So in, well, future, in future episodes, what we're going to do is we're going to read a newspaper, which is how we, we came to the initial themes that we sent to this uh, unknown stranger. I didn't hear enough about Marco Giddings and his furious ambition as a photojournalist. I know, I know. I think that would we be mean, really interesting. We need to make a point of that. I know. I think maybe we should have just had him sort of take pictures of uh, drunks in the park and maybe that would have sort of, you yeah. know, our appetite. The paranormal thing. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you were saying... Uh, Who knows? But yeah, no, no. So in future sense. episodes, what we're going to do is we're going to read a newspaper and we're going to sort of uh, use uh, pure divination to uh, decide what subjects we're going we're gonna to give to uh, the next writer that we get to a take on <laughs> the clearly... Yeah. Strange deer love saga of uh, Marco Giddings. Yeah. Um, if only we just told him about deers, it would make sense, but we didn't. So there you go. I know. Uh, but that's what you get when you pay five pounds for a writer to uh, to write something. That that so far is the lesson. But we'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm excited to when the story gets exciting. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to talk to Donald Glue almost immediately. We're gonna we we are gonna phone him uh, very soon. Yep. Um. So we're gonna. I'll play one of his songs, I think. Yes, we're going to play one of his songs, absolutely. And uh, uh, just before that, though, I'm right. just going to explain a little bit about who Don Glute is. So uh, Don, uh, Donald Beth Glute, yeah. rather, um, is uh, a terrific writer. He's uh, what I uh, dubbed earlier on this piece of paper I'm reading it from, uh, a pre-Renaissance man, in the sense that he is <laughs> a jack of all trades. He's a director, he's a writer, he's an actor. Um, he's done everything from making monster movies when he was a teenager. This is all to, um Sorry, what? It's fantastic. No, it's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. and also, you're I laughed at Renaissance Man. I didn't mean to. <laughs> right. I wasn't you're laughing. Just attacking at... what I'm reading. No, and, that, and really, that's all right. We that. just attack what someone else was writing. But I didn't so, mean you that, know, it's yeah. fine. Exactly. Fair enough. I know that's this is why yeah, we don't do podcasts, Joe. So. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, that's what I did. Uh, basically, the uh, yeah. So he also he also wrote loads of encyclopedias. Wrote uh, a few on dinosaurs and also on vampires and werewolves and things like that as well. But, um, you know, when he was, even when he was a teenager, he was making films that he made the first ever Spider-Man movie, which... He did, man. We watched it on YouTube. It was incredible, 1969. It's like the, it's like the first ever live-action Spider-Man film. It's incredible. I mean, what a feat. Uh, especially considering that all the Spider-Man films after those movies have been pretty... Uh, totally After his film has been yeah. pretty, pretty shit. Um, and his one was bloody it's amazing. Inspiring on really so captured levels. the charm of everything I love about Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, really um, good. On an incredibly low budget. How many films um, in as the well? Desert. What is it? He made something like 46, He actually made, I believe, Sorry. oh yeah, when he was young, I th- it was over 40 films he made yeah. when, he was a, when he was a teenager. Over 40, uh, man. But it's yeah, like but thus far, he's actually made over 56 films. That's films he's directed. That's right, yeah. So it's he's got incredible. a, uh, there's a documentary uh, about him called... I Was a Teenage Movie Maker. Uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, which is an incredible documentary, really worth really watching. And, uh, and yeah, and it details all of the things he did when he was young mm. with his uh, early movie making. Really, really interesting documentary. And we're going to talk to him about all of that stuff really soon um, but we're going to play one of his tunes what are we going to play we are going to play oh, we've got the list here we're going to play Dinosaur Rebels Dinosaur uh, Rebels absolutely. more dinosaur yeah. tracks and yeah, you I'll can be. find it all on Donald Glute's dinosaurs.com it's all up there see you in a minute right <laughs>
used to tell us not so long ago. Dinosaurs were like lizards, sluggish and slow. Supposed to be stupid, abandoned their eggs. The big one's too heavy to walk on their legs, but that was before. Those dinosaur rebels, that was before. They all came along, that was before. Those dinosaur rebels dug up the news that we might have been wrong. Some of those rebels, reputations at stake. Said dinosaur blood wasn't cold like a snake's. Warm-blooded and active, surviving all weather. Ancestors to birds, some might have had feathers. That's what they said. Those dinosaur rebels. That's what we learned when they came along. That's what they said. Those dinosaur rebels dug up the news that we might have been wrong. Thank you so much for uh, for having an interview with us. How's man. it going, Don? You're right. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. We just played uh, Dinosaur Rebels from uh, More Dinosaur Tracks, um, so we thought we'd uh, begin by asking you a question about the Iridium Band and how it uh, how it all started. Okay. Well, uh, the Iridium Band there's only two of us. It's myself and Pete Von Schale, mm-hmm. and both of us, you know, are in the entertainment business now, but in different areas. We, you know, I'm a writer, director, producer, Pete's a storyboard artist, a comic book artist. Um, Fantastic. But, you know, in the past we were both rock and rollers and, and we played in bands. And, yeah, you were and in a Penny, Penny Arcade, right, in uh, Los Angeles. Penny Arcade, right, We were listening right, to that last night, Don. We, we, incredible we, had, stuff. we were listening to that stuff on YouTube last night. Oh, good. I hope you liked it. Oh, we did, uh, man, yeah. It's great. Uh, so anyway, Pete and I, um, I had the opportunity... Uh, to do a cable uh, television show here, uh, you know, some years ago, called Dinosaur Tracks, and uh, they had like some house music that they played with the cable shows. And I said, I don't want to use that lame. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, I, I'm a, I used to write songs, I used to play in the band, and, and my friend Pete did the same thing. But 
let's do an original song for the show. So that's where the, that first Dinosaur Track song came from. It was basically Pete and me playing multiple instruments, one track at a time, and that was all mixed Fantastic. together. So is that how you recorded it as well? Did you record it that way, just you, you the both of you? That what, pardon me? Is that how you recorded it, just the two of you? Yeah, just the two of us. Was that, on, was that on tape as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like in the old Penny Arcade days where the whole band played at one time, you know, everybody was mic'd. Um, things have changed, you know, so much in recording. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, somewhere along the line, a producer out here said, hey, um, can you come up with any more songs? Because I'd like to make music videos out of these. <laughs> so we, you know, we came up with some more songs. But before you know, we had 12, we had an album. And then the first album, uh, six of those songs became a, uh, a video cassette set of uh, six, uh, six music videos called Dinosaur Tracks. Mm -hmm. And then um, we got, you know, Pete and I got kind of antsy. The, the old feelings came back, you know. <laughs> and the, you, I don't know if you're a musician, but if you ever were, you never get Don't worry, I'm not, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, you never get it out of your system. <laughs> and so we, I came up with some more songs, and we did more dinosaur tracks. And then a couple of years later, we did we came up with more songs again, and um, we did dinosaur tracks again. And the idea was, um, I don't know if you have Barney out there. With Barney you, the dinosaur, yeah, 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 he was about when we were kids. For most, sure. most, yeah, most of the dinosaur music was for little kids, you know. Mm, yeah. And and or else it was you know kind of really nerdy stuff like people who had didn't have a rock and roll background, and so we said let's let's do uh, these songs so an adult could play them at a party and not be embarrassed. Oh man, <laughs> you you accomplished that by all means. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like we were listening to these tracks thinking like, geez, like this, like this stuff, man. Like it seems so uh, like contemporary. Yeah, yeah. I have an agent friend in Las Vegas who said, boy, if these songs weren't about dinosaurs, I could, they could be hits, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I think because they're about dinosaurs, dinosaurs it makes it so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the really reason you're saying there, like, you know, you but, put them on, it's proper rock, man. What, it's good stuff. Yeah, Don, when you did the third album, the, the, the original idea, right, was to was to repeat some of the first songs from the first album, right? No, no, they, they're all, everyone is uh, totally new, new material. Oh, right, okay. But, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 with Dinosaur Valley Girls, because we, we actually first heard uh, your band within the actual film itself. Because you've got Dinosaur yeah. Punk. Uh, sorry, well, Dinosaur, Dinosaur Valley Punk. Girls was written because um, I was planning to make a movie at that time called Dinosaur mm. Valley Girls, and I wanted to get some of my own music in it. Because when, you know, when, when your movie plays on television or somewhere, you get royalties. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to get some of my music in all my, in, in all my movies. But the thing about dinosaur tracks, uh, all three, we, we we were trying to um, one of the uh, one of the challenges was we tried to do the songs in the styles of familiar rock and roll bands. Mm. For sure, yeah, but, I can hear a couple of influences on a couple of tunes. There's one that yeah, uh, so you yeah. know we have one that sounds like the Rolling Stones, one sounds like the yeah. Beatles, one like Elvis, one like Buddy Holly, you know, and it, it yeah. jumps around in eras. But it was one of the most um, fun projects I've ever done because it was great to get back in the studio and get the headphones on again. And, yeah, we know. love it, man. We love we love that stuff. With the, like, on the sort of topic of Dinosaur Valley Girls, because obviously it's clearly like, it's very influenced by uh, a lot of dinosaur movies, but especially like One Million Years BC. Like, how well, did actually, you come... Yeah, sorry. It's funny you say that because, um, I mean, it was, it was really influenced by that and also the 1940 original One Million Years BC. And, and when we, when we, um, after we got it all cast, I insisted that all the actors come, all the actors playing cavemen and cave girls, come over to my house, and we had a screening of oh, the uh, original Amazing. 1941 movie BC. And I said, "This is how I want the acting to be, because that movie is really like a silent movie. Mm. The, 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 the acting is, you know, if I tell you to leave the room uh, in real life I, or in a found movie, uh, I would just say, you know, hey, leave the room. But in a <laughs> silent movie, you have to." The actor has to point, you know, yeah. and gesture. In, so, in some way, you accomplish yeah. that as well with like the way that their dialogue is like of, like cave cave dialogue. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they have to grunt yeah. at each other. And I, was, and I, was, I was I was hoping that eventually, if you saw the movie, you know, a few times, you could pick up on um, 
what they were saying because <laughs> I made a whole a whole. Is it is it tuk 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 is the uh, the word of the day? Yeah. <laughs> but um, in terms of the actual uh, movie itself. Like obviously with uh, with um, you know especially with one million years BC there's a lot of uh, you know you got Raquel Welsh uh, you know very very sexy lady and with uh, Dinosaur Valley Girls there's a lot about kind of you know some very uh, sort yeah. of you know if you know the the character played by Karen Black was named Raquel so <laughs> that's where that name came from <laughs> okay of course but I mean with that do you, do you feel like when you when you made Dinosaur Valley Girls like that there was an explicit link between kind of like sexy girls and dinosaurs like obviously we know that human beings and dinosaurs weren't around at the same time you know oh yeah it was a fantasy movie and, yeah. and, and the whole idea there's this the scene in the museum where the the scientist is saying you know this you know this shouldn't be they shouldn't be living at the same time. So I, I wanted to make it in this, you know, I've, I've written a lot of comic book stories and novels and things where it has the same, uh, you know, uh, mixture of periods. And I always say, like, there was this, uh, there was this place where certain mysterious conditions that we don't understand mm. let, mixed all these, mixed all these time periods together. Yeah. And so that was the idea with Dinosaur Valley Girls. That's very cool, because man. If you make a, if you make a prehistoric movie and you don't put dinosaurs on it, it's going to bomb. You know? <laughs> yeah. Find, yeah. that a few times. You got to have the dinosaurs in there, even though it's totally, it's totally wrong. And what you know? about the girls? You got to have the girls too, right, man? We... The girls yeah. are the selling point, right? Pardon me. I mean, with with your with your on your on your uh, website, you've got your your museum. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah, man! On the website, okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. On the website, man. We've yeah. on the website, and it's just incredible, man. You've got like a lot of uh, incredibly attractive uh, uh, young women uh, <laughs> parading uh, what seems to be an incredible archive of uh, of various yeah, fossils. Yeah, it, it, and... it would take you. It would take you probably a, a month to see everything on that website. <laughs> there's sub pages and sub sub pages and sub 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 pages. You know, <laughs> How did you come up with the idea to have all the models with your with your uh, with your sort of archive of fossils and uh, um, sort of prehistoric paraphernalia? Well, that's another one of those. You know, I'm, you know, I really, I, first of all, I'm, I'm really happy you're asking me questions that nobody ever asked me. Yes, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> it's so great to talk about something besides the usual stuff where the answers come out by rote, like I, like I memorize the script. But the website, I, there's a there's a re- website called Collectors Quest, mm-hmm. and they they have um, they showcase people's collections of things, whether it's baseball cards or stamps oh, or whatever. Cool. Oh, right. They heard about me, so I um, uh, I was on there with just the dinosaur stuff, and not so much of it either. They had like limits about how many how many images you could put on it. <laughs> and then one day, a, a friend of mine in, in Chicago that I went to. That I was, you know, I knew when I, when I was a teenager. Said, you know, Don, I looked at that website, and you look like the biggest nerd in the world. Why don't you, why don't you put some girls on there? And you know, because I know a lot of, being in the business I am, I, oh. <laughs> I, I've always known a lot of pretty girls. So, <laughs> um, which is one of the perks of being in the, being in rock and roll. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I got this um, model friend of mine. Photos and she she was great and then mm-hmm. I said yeah I'll put another one on there and then the photos started getting a little bit sexier and sexier and then there were some problems some technical problems with that website so okay. the person who owned website started to get complaints about the girls on there uh, and I was oh, I was yeah. complaining because I I you know, because of the technical issues and so finally a uh, uh, my friend in Las Vegas, who I mentioned before, mm. uh, said, why don't you just do your own? And I said, well, I can't do a website. I don't know much about computers. And he turned me on to this program that was very easy. And then the website just started growing and growing and growing. Wow. And, you know, when I do something, I usually do take it to the max. And the max I haven't reached yet. Um, <laughs> I'm glad about that. <laughs> I got another big dinosaur statue arriving sometime this week. No um, way. So that's going to go on the website. And, nice. You know, it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, so so anyway, that's how it do you kind out. of do? You, uh, is, is it kind of do you, do you explain to the girls that you know, like th- this is my collection of stuff, and how does it go down? Do you just go like, can you pose in front of this specific, this specific uh, fossil, or how does it work? Well, I just, I just, yeah. First of all, once once they you know agree to do it, um, you 
know, I explained to them, it's like things doing, it's like, it's like if they were models doing a car show. Yeah, yeah. But they're showing off the products and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I tell them that there's, um, there will be essentially museum tour guides who would be taking visitors uh, to the website through every room, showing off the various items. And I tell them right up, right off the bat, I said, a lot of the stuff I'm going to ask them to do is going to be, it's going to sound really silly. Pointing at this skull. I said, but take one, but trust me, it's all going to connect together. It's all going to make some sense. And they say, okay, and you know, either they they do it or they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I often yeah. thought about it as like if you know all all the favorite things that you know I have in my life, all the art books or whatever. Like I'd love an attractive woman to be holding you know whatever rare thing I have. So it's really nice to see someone actually having you know yeah. their two favorite things sort of at the same time in, in, in a photo gallery, if that makes sense. Um, but I wanted to ask about the uh, with with uh, Dinosaur Valley Girls about the stop motion that was used in it because. Especially in the 90s, but even today, it's actually very, very unusual to mix live action with stop motion. And I know that could, have been, the last di- that could have been the last movie to feature dinosaur stop motion. Yeah, you yeah, could be I right think, there. I, I think, think you might be right, right man. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that, that's incredible. Park. That's an incredible feat. It's, yeah. yeah, Jurassic Park had already come out at that time. Mm. It was, yeah. came out like a oh, year before, I think it was. I mean, yeah. So people were already accustomed to the CGI effects. But I always liked um, stop motion. Absolutely. And, and of course, we couldn't afford CGI effects back then. So. Um, no, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't honestly be uh, more of a fan of stop motion. I mean, everything from you know what John Carpenter did with the Thing, um, to sort of Jan's Frank Meyer, and what Henry Selick later on did in the nineties with Monkey Bone. And it's really amazing to see, um, you know, a fusion of uh, stop motion and live action together. I know in the past with. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, dinosaur movies and stuff. That was a that was a that was a regular thing. But it's so sad that it's not around today because it has a real physicality to it in the same way that puppetry does as well. Which is what you do oh, yeah. with, with dinosaur uh, with, with with you know with dinosaur valley girls. You you fuse not only the stop motion but also with the actual physical puppetry of the dinosaur as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We and we did a lot of forced pers- perspective with that puppet. Mm. You know, where you have we if it's sunny enough. And you have a wide-angle lens. You can put the actor way in the background mm. and put the model up in the front, and it all stays in focus. So the the illusion yeah. is that they're they're looking right at each other when, it, when they actually one is way in the distance and one is way up close. Wait. I discovered that when I was making amateur movies as a kid, and um, I figured that out. And uh, I that, that's <laughs> I, I brought a lot say. of those amateur movie techniques to the Dinosaur Valley Girls movie because they were cheap and they were easy. And I, have, I had hit, you know, I, I was familiar with, with uh, how they work. And what's weird is that even though they're cheap, they actually work a lot better. Well, yeah, like things like the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movie you made. Uh, the first ever Spider-Man fu- movie. Yeah, are, are we right in saying that? that like, I mean, we think that it's the first ever live-action Spider-Man movie ever made. Like, I think, as far as I know, it is. Um, there yeah. was some guy who made one in New York or somewhere around the same time, but I think mine... Know, predated it by like a year or so. Cool, yeah. Yours is the one that stands out anyway. And like, but you've got some of that stuff, like just with the models and stuff in that. I mean, there's so much charm to that. Like, I, show, I showed that to a, a friend of mine who's uh, really into puppets, and they were just, I mean, they were over the moon to, to see it. I mean, even know, though, you know. As opposed to, you know, what's happened with the most recent uh, unfortunate uh, Spider Man uh, franchises, where it's just been. It's it's quite it's all, honestly I, I'd refer to it as grotesque. It just doesn't doesn't have any charm to it whatsoever. Yeah, I tell you one of the, one of the reasons I made that Spider-Man movie. Well, there's two reasons. One is I had the costume. The costume was made for a science fiction convention while I was dressing up for the costume. <laughs> well. And so I had the costume, but the real reason was this was the same. I had just bought a new red Camaro, and um, <laughs> one of the uh, you know, uh, the, the model kit, the plastic model kit companies out here uh, were putting out uh, model kits, assembly kits of the current cars. So I said, hey, I can get a model kit of my car and paint it to look the same way. <laughs> hey. And I can blow, blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> if I wait another year, I might not be able to get the model kit anymore. So anyway, that's one of the reasons I made that movie. Brilliant. It's great. Fantastic. I mean, in terms of the actual, uh, we were talking about Jurassic Park before, 
Like, I was interested to get, because I assume, do you, you still go to the movies, right? You go to the movies often, or? Do you go to uh, the cinema often? Do you see many films? Like, no, yeah, I, I, I used to, but they, they be, I don't know how, how it is where you live, but they become very, very expensive. I know, it's yeah. ridiculous. And going, going to the movies right now in theaters, for me, is not a pleasurable thing. You sit there for 45 minutes or an hour having to watch trailers well, that all look like the same movie because they're all these CGI movies and they all look alike. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are using cell phones and... You know, and you pay like 10, 20, I can't remember what Yeah, Don, that's actually really what I wanted to talk about, all this, yeah. the CGI, and really. Gotta, like, when you saw, presumably, you saw Jurassic uh, Jurassic World, the, the most recent Jurassic Park film. I did like that. I did, pay, I did actually go to see that in 3D. Yeah. Um, but uh, that and the first Avengers are the last two movies I saw in the theater. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, and I get everything on, you know. It's funny because Joe actually worked on the Avengers films. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was a runner on one of the, uh, on the second Avengers film. I was a runner on that. You were the runner? You were, oh, so you were yeah. um, a Quicksilver. A, a Quicksilver, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish, man, yeah. But yeah. With, with, with Jurassic World, did you, did you feel that it lost something from not having the kind of animatronic um, that they had within the first Jurassic Park film? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people put that Jurassic World down, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, went, enough, I bought yeah. the DVD afterwards, too. I mean, I really liked that film. Uh, but I took it as what it was. It was a monster movie, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, it wasn't like an actual geographic documentary on dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Completely. Do you see, when, when you make monster movies, you've made so many, you know, I mean, uh, originally as well from the teenage Frankenstein and the stuff that you made when you were younger, I mean, do you feel that there's a similarity between kind of dinosaur movies and monster movies? Is it the same to you or is it different? Is it a different thing? As a what? Like monster movies that, you know, involve dinosaurs or monster movies involve vampires, which you've also done, uh, that involve mummies or involve, you know... Uh, I mean, is it the same to you? Is it, is it all kind of a horror genre with dinosaurs, or is it a Oh, yeah, thing? yeah. I, you know, I like a lot of things. I mean, I, it's, I don't just, just like horror and monster movies. I love, I love westerns. I love jungle films, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of things. And, um, uh, but to me, the, the science fiction, fantasy, horror, um, all, the, all the dark mystery type stuff, that to me is all basically one gestalt. It's one mm. basic. Um, one basic genre. What, has, right now, like, you're... Like rock, so, sorry, sorry, it's like sorry. rock music. You know, there's all yeah. different kinds of rock music, but it's all considered rock music. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I see Same But at the moment, you're, you're working on the uh, New Adventures of Frankenstein, is that right? Uh, the Neville series, is, yeah, the New Adventures of Frankenstein. And, and they, uh, you're working on films uh, as well? Well, uh, they're one of those, one of the books um, is called Tales of Frankenstein, and it's the only one of the series that's not a novel. It's a collection of short stories. Uh -huh. So, um, I've wanted to make a Frankenstein movie, you know, all my life, pretty much. But I didn't, I wasn't ready yet, and I, I didn't want to do it with the old company because we were making these cheesy TNA movies, you know, these softcore movies. I didn't <laughs> yeah, want to make it yeah. like that. I wanted to wait till I could do something I could be proud of. So I started a new company called Pinkus Born Productions, and um, I realized that next year, is the 200th anniversary of Mary Shelley's novel, Frankenstein. Wow. Cool. Wow. And wow. Uh, a lot of people are going to probably, if they're smart, be capitalizing on that anniversary. So mm -hmm. I figured, hey, I'm going to make a Frankenstein movie in the classic traditional style. Mm. And I can, I, instead of using the original monster and, you know, redoing the whole story again, um, something more original, I would take uh, about a half five or six stories from the Tales of Frankenstein and, uh, collection and adapt them to screenplays and I would make a movie with these five, four or five stories in it Incredible. and each yeah. one would take place in a different country and a different time period. Wow. So that's yeah. what Tales of Frankenstein is. So it's like an anthology as a film. Exactly. Remember the old Amethyst movies like uh, The House of Drip Blood and mm -hmm. Asylum and Dr. Terror's House of Horrors? It's like that. Great, wow, wow. And, and, and you, you're using, uh, is it Indiegogo you're using to... to uh... Well, I, I did. I, you know, it, it was really a disappointment because, um, you know, I, I've talked to friends who have made a lot of money on Indiegogo, and I figured, hey, you know, i got 5,000 Facebook friends, mm. and they're always telling me how my 
something I wrote inspired them and saved their life or whatever it was. (laughs) I figured if each one of those people could put in a dollar, well, that would be $5,000, which would pay for some camera equipment rental or something. And almost nobody, you know, I get all these likes and shares and smiley faces and all this kind of stuff, but almost nobody sent me any money. So I'm going to try another one. The movie is shot now. It's all in the camera. Oh, incredible. Brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant news. That is great news, man. That's great news. So my editor's going to put together a sizzle reel, or which is kind of like an expanded trailer. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to launch another um, Indiegogo campaign, General's Production Money. Oh, hey. So. Like, and, but the movie's already in post-production. It's being edited right now. I've got a composer, um, a great composer, named Michael uh, McCormick. And um, I got a really good cast. I got great locations. It really looks like a an expensive, like a Hammer film, you know, the mm, old Hammer nice, film. Wow. Nice. I mean, how how did you fund it without Indiegogo, Don? Well, in the past, um, that's always been my biggest problem, raising money. And, you know, making the movie is the easy part. But I've gone years uh, without, without making movies because I can't raise the money because it's almost impossible to find investors. See, the, the problem with investors is they don't want to take a risk. If they're smart, they're not going to take a risk. That's and making a movie is the riskiest thing you can possibly do. Yeah, that's interesting, so, man, because like, there was about was it, there were about an eight-year gap between Blood, Scarab, and, um, and your most recent yeah, um, they, Dances with Werewolves. Right. And, and all during those years, I kept meeting the same type of people, the con men, the talkers, the pyramid scam people, the phony matching funds people, you know, they would say, well, I can't get you, you know, I can get you a million dollars, but uh, you got to come up with the first million dollars. Like, if I, I can come up with the first million dollars, I can make nine movies. I would make a million dollars. And um, so finally, you know, I'm not, not getting any younger anymore. I mean, half of my friends are either dead or in wheelchairs and walkers and things. So I said, I've got this enormous comic book collection mm. that I don't care about anymore. And I put it up for auction. And, uh, and the comic books are now paying for the movies. Man, that, so I don't oh, have any investors anymore. That's the, the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. That man. is pure beauty, man. That's lovely. I mean, I, I suppose at the time you, you really enjoyed those comics when you initially read them, right? Yeah. And now yeah, he enjoys them even more. And now he enjoys <laughs> them even more because they're making a... Beautiful Frankenstein film. Oh man, Don, it's been it's fantastic speaking to you. It's honestly well, been incredible. Make, if they make a profit, or make, if even if they just make their money back, the money's going to go into the next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The master plan is I'm trying to get like a an assembly line kind of situation where the movies just keep paying for themselves. So as long as I can say action and cut, you know, um, we'll just keep making them. I admire you, man. To, to, to make, to keep making. What, I mean, yeah. what a philosophy. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. That's what this is uh, all about. When I was, uh, one last thing before we, before we uh, end the interview, I just wanted to say that during the documentary of, uh, you know, I was a teenage movie maker, you used the, uh, the phrase, I, I could get a lot of mileage out of something, quite a lot. The concept of mileage. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. do, 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 is that something that you think well, about a lot? Well, I got some mileage out of some of the... <laughs> Some of the props from uh, those old movies are in the Frankenstein movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking about mileage. You, a, a you use, you're using thing. some of those old props in the new Frankenstein film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cameo appearances. The, the bone, that, that bison bone that turns up in so many of those. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> is in here. Incredible. And uh, I forgot what else. There was, there was something else that... Uh, uh, that I use, but it's like wow. it's almost like an in joke, you know. You say, "Oh, I remember that." that oh, that's what it is. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. The Monster Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes. Oh yes. Let me tell you before we end. Yeah. The leather jacket that I wore when I was a teenager, when I was a, a kind of a rowdy street kid in Chicago, <laughs> the actor playing Carl, who's kind of a 1950s throwback who lives in Transylvania, and Tales of Frankenstein. Where's that jacket? Uh, wow. Jacket. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, man. Oh, man. This has been absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to... Uh, hopefully, we can have another interview again after we've uh, seen the seen your new Frankenstein film, man. Yeah, and wh- whenever you have a link to this, uh, let me know and I'll, I'll 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Thanks we'll so send much, it straight Don. over absolutely. to you. Absolutely, we'll send it straight yeah, over now. This is, um, it's been fantastic, Don. Yeah, you really are the Don. Fun, fun interview. And thank you for not asking me all the usual questions. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no hey, problem, Don. Man, it's, thank you for talking to absolute us. Absolute pleasure. Incredible. Right. Look after yourself, Don. We'll talk to you soon, man. Good luck. Oh, okay, have a good day. Yeah, you too. And that was the Iridium band with Dinosaur Guy. It was amazing. It was incredible. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I, I think it's an incredible song. It's uh, from more dinosaur What do you think tracks. of the interview? What do you think of the interview? Man, I just, uh, I really, I, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was an amazing interview. Can you believe and it? And I can't believe it's our first episode. I can't we believe did so that well. we finally actually got to talk to Donald Glute. I can't believe it. I mean, honestly, I, he, he was just he's such an incredible guy. He was just so outgoing, just a wonderful it's person. Yeah, also, lovely. it's just brilliant to hear that, like, even though the Indiegogo thing didn't go so well, yeah. he didn't go, like, well, Fuck it then, I'm not going to do the rest yeah, of the thing. Yeah. He went, you know what? Actually, I'm going to keep going. Sold his entire comic book. Sold his collection. Comic, I mean, it's just, he's just, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. And yeah. the whole concept of mileage, man, he got so much mileage out of that fucking comic book collection. Incredible. And, you know, now, know. Uh, he's, he's, able, he's, he's already made this film. It's now in post-production. Yeah. What he's doing now is he's crowdfunding for the post-production to make sure that not only as many people as possible fucking see it, but it's as good as it possibly can be. I know, he's going to get amazing. it out amazing. It's so good, man. Honestly, I just... I wonderful. We were so lucky to have gotten that. I know. So I know. It was, it was incredible. So it started, you know, maybe a month, maybe... Three, maybe four months ago, I think it was maybe the first time yep. we heard of Donald F. Glute. Quite possibly, And yeah. we found... Um, Even though we probably watched loads of shows when we were a kid that were actually written by him. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Fact. 
Yeah. Fucked. Fucked. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good. I mean, I want to speak to him again now. I, I, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I, w- I want to do that I well, want to spend the rest of my time speaking to him. I, re- I really want to talk to him again after yeah. after his, his, his Frankenstein movie's we been released. We can't do that, though, because... Uh, once we've seen it as well, because that, that to me, that I think that would be really, really amazing. Oh, what, the Frankenstein? I know, yeah, yeah, yeah when we watch Frankenstein. Yeah. Because I'd love to be able to talk to him about, you know, how he made the film, what's going yeah. on. I'd love to be able to see it, really. You know, if only we were we were closer in the uh, sort of American, you know, peninsula. We could, we could you know, know. actually physically Well, be one day, you know, y- y- we will be able to make the film. Someone Patrick, will fund this, Patrick will fund take, this affair. take you over and, <laughs> and, his arms. And, and Don may let you stay in his house and you can <laughs> become, you know, his mentee. He will be your mentor. That would be incredible. And you will be. I would give anything to be glute. Don yeah. Glute's protege. That would be exactly. fantastic. You yeah. Know, as a collector. I mean, it just just I know. just the archives just as a he's collector. got. It's amazing. I mean, you know, earlier on we were watching the uh, the YouTube where you've got this uh, from the World's Fair. You've got his giant uh, King Kong head and this amazing, um, uh, you know, it's like a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl, it's like a pterodactyl with, 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 with a really really squeaky mouth. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's makes them it's almost just, the it's worst incredible. sound. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just you know, I love. I've always loved animatronics, and it's funny. The one thing I did want to talk to Don about that I didn't end up talking to Don about was that when I was a kid, I was on a ghost train, or I think they call it a dark ride when it's not just about ghosts and goblins. A dark and, uh, ride. A dark ride. I've never and, heard uh, of and, and, and it. And it was a you know, it was a it was a dark ride with loads of animatronic dinosaurs in it. And it and it totally screwed me up as a kid. <laughs> and as a result, <laughs> it's one of my sense. earliest memories. And yeah. it, I have no doubt that that is you know that, that's one of the reasons why Destiny is <laughs> has made it so that we'd have this wonderful interview with uh, with Donald F. Glute. Donald the effing Glute. He's just a brilliant just man. It's wonderful. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I, ca- I can't wait to see the film. I think it'll be really cool. So, same, same. So, so w- what we're going to do is we're going to yep. phone. Um, I'm going to phone my father and give and him I'm a And I'm going to phone my father as well. Phone your father as well. So we're going to phone both our fathers. All right. And uh, and we're both going to offer them uh, a, a prize. Offer them the prize. I mean, the the game is called. L.A. Takedown. L.A. Takedown. In a world where two dads must compete to get one DVD, only one can truly take the other down. When fathers compete <laughs> for cop movies. If only they could be gunged, I think this would be I know, where's the Benson ultimate Phillips ending. I know, where, where's Benson Phillips? We need him, but, you know, uh, soon. We'll see him, but, you know, not mm-hmm. yet. Um, well, so, uh, yeah, so, so uh, um, we're going to play one more song. Uh, I don't know which one yet, and then after that point, we will uh, we will uh, listen to our both of our fathers Let's compete go, for let's DVD. Yeah, more dinosaur tracks, more dinosaur, Some more tracks. dinosaur tracks. Way back a hundred million years ago, back when a mountain shook and lava flowed, a great beast thought to land blood warm and primal heat. Flashy open wide his hungry jaws, roaring, flashing out with razor claws. Bombs hard, muddy ears, quaking under talent feet. He left his dinosaur tracks, dinosaur tracks in the ground, dinosaur tracks in the ground to be found by you and me. Time passes and the mud has turned to stone. Footprints remain the mighty recess on Rock hard for all time Waiting in the morning sun We stand by a trail of one so fierce Picture a giant who's now disappears Traces of long ago Then and now merge as one He left his Dinosaur tracks Dinosaur tracks in the ground Dinosaur tracks in the ground Found by you and me Dinosaur tracks in the ground. 
Okay, and here we are. We're back. Um, that is a fucking tune from Donald Glute again. Absolutely, absolutely, goddamn absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, so, like we said, we're going to phone our fathers. I actually did just phone my father, uh, <laughs> my dad, and um, I didn't record it. So oh. it happened. Um, and he, you, you still win. It was a great takedown. call that no one, no one heard. Well, you heard it. I heard it. Yeah, Bob heard it. So did Patrick and Alex. If a dad calls and there's no one that <laughs> to hear it. Does he make a sound? If a son calls his father, <laughs> but only four drunks are there to hear it, does the call really happen? I believe yes. Yeah, it did happen. It did happen, and I didn't record it, and that's the problem. Um, but you still win LA Tankdown, because he he um, he answered both questions correctly. Um, so I'm going to call my dad right now. Yeah, it's going to speak. That's right. Bob's going to phone his father. We're going to. It's going to go on. Hey, Dan, how's it going? You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, basically, uh, you're on a podcast right now, Dad. So, so I'm a you're on a podcast. It's like a radio show. <laughs> a podcast? A podcast, that's right, yeah. Uh, basically, you've won a prize just by answering the call. Um, we've got a series of DVDs that are all sealed, um, and you have a choice between which DVD you've won. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the first DVD you've got, you, you have a choice between is you've got you've got the Mighty Ducks, which, <laughs> <laughs> and you've also got QI, which is which is season one, season one, yeah, season one, season one, or Eminem, aka that's that's the that's the title. It's sealed. Which one would you choose? Which one would you choose out of those? QI. QI. Okay, Fantastic. so. Basically, you, you, we, can, we can send you QI right now to uh, the address that, of course, I know, because I, you know, that's my home. Um, or alternatively, you can gamble it all for a DVD of L.A. Takedown, which is a, a movie by the director Michael Mann. Oh, actually, I've heard of L.A. Takedown. I'll gamble it for You're L.A. Takedown. Gamble it. Terrific, terrific. Okay, so with a gamble, you have to well, answer two questions. Man. You have to answer them both correctly, okay? Otherwise, you okay. lose it all, all right? Okay. So okay. the first question is, what does... In LA Takedown, LA stand for? Stands for Los Angeles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well done, well done, Dad. Absolutely. The second question is Takedown. What does Takedown stand for? Uh, it's a tough uh, one. Isn't it, isn't, it, um, isn't it a police action against um, criminals? Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Terrific. Dad, we're going to send you a copy of LA he's Takedown. Won it. He's got it, he's got it. He's got it. Well done, well done. We'll send that to you on the post, Dad. Fantastic. Thanks so much, man. All right. Have a lovely evening. Bye bye, Dad. Take care. <laughs> and there we go. That is that's the finale the, that's the, that's of the, the show. Episode. That's what we do. That's wow. the show. What a ride. Thank you, Donald Glute. You thank you so much, Donald Lefman. What a wonderful man. And thank you, Dad. Thank you, both our dads. Fathers, um, thank you very much. My father, I'm so sorry you didn't get in the show. I didn't record it. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll call you back. Fair enough. We'll call you back uh, in another we'll show. See you, we'll see you next week, guys. Uh, hopefully for an episode about uh, video games. Yeah, and, it is uh, video games. The 90s. So, uh, yeah. uh, Godspeed and uh, Michael Fassbender be with you. Took my lady to a picture show The place was shaking right to the back road Cause on the screen they were showing dinosaur movies These scaling monsters were engaging a fight And smashing cities just to show off their might They made it big, super starring dinosaur movies well, you can keep your cowboy, your karate chop shows, and your space wars. 